I thought I was lost, but then I realized I was on an adventure finding myself. Hey everyone, do you know an organization that's looking for a keynote speaker, workshop host, or retreat speaker? I am currently filling slots for the 2023 speaking year. I'd love to talk about everything that we talk about here on the podcast. You've been hearing me talk about Arbon, but you're probably wondering what it is. Arbon is a vegan, gluten-free, skincare and cosmetic and nutrition company. It has strict standards for clean products and ethical business practices. The company is over 40 years old and has been doing clean before clean was the trend. These products have made an impact in my life and can make an impact in yours. Check the link in the show notes. Welcome to the Finding Myself podcast. I am Meredith Siget, your host here at this podcast. All right, people, I have got an awesome episode today. This is something that I have, I don't want to necessarily say struggled with, but it has been something that has been in front of me on my radar, and you'll understand why, for a while. And I'm glad that I'm finally finding someone who can talk to me about this. So you guys all need to listen in because this is going to be a really awesome episode. And I already know I've been talking with this guest for a couple minutes now. And I already know this is going to be amazing. So make sure you are in a place where you can hear this and enjoy it along with us. So my guest today is Bridget Coville. Bridget is someone that I met on Instagram, and out as we're talking, we're just like, hey, I'm not really sure when this connection started, but we're so glad that it happened. So let's go ahead and say hi to Bridget. Hey, Bridget. Hi, Meredith. How are you doing? I am doing awesome now. Good. (laughs) Bridget, I'm so happy that you're here. I think I've just got to share with you, so I think it's so funny. I am enjoying summer right now. And I do not have kids in my house. And that's why I am recording. My doors are open. I'm like, there's going to be no sound. You, unfortunately, have a different story. I sure do. So I am, I'm loving, I'm kind of laughing a little bit inside because, you know, the calling up to the kids, stop making noise, I'm going to record, is usually what I say. Um, But I'm just in a different situation right now. And I'm loving it. So you're telling me there's light at the end of this tunnel. <laughs> uh, find summer camp for your kids. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Yes, I have always had to kind of do my recording around the family. And, and during COVID was really difficult because I had nowhere to put my family. So I stuck myself in a closet. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now I am able to be back in my studio so that I can do this without too much noise. That's amazing. Well, yes. Thank you so much for your flexibility. It has been kind of humorous getting on this (laughs) one, but I'm really happy to be here. And it's, it's the mom thing. Like I get it. I get, you know, how you have the best laid plans and then this little one decides to change those. Yes. And I will just say before we get started, I actually will do summer camp next summer. This year I hired my 12 year old to watch my six year old and she just sent in her two weeks notice. <laughs> so. Oh my gosh. 
So I'm in a little bit of a pickle, but it's all good. Oh, gosh, I love that. My first thought is, oh, that's awesome that your 12-year-old is kind of getting a position, making some money, and helping the family. And then when you said two weeks notice, I'm like, well, she learned that task real fast. She tried to quit today. I'm like, I need, or yesterday I said, I need two weeks notice. And so she gave it today. I was like, oh, Lord. Well, I love it. Still in this, that time of eek, you were teaching her some of those life professional lessons of what Always. two weeks notice yep. is. I love that. And of course, <laughs> that's the school counselor coming out in me that we can definitely make these life lessons in everything that we do and even at the house. So that's that's pretty awesome that you're doing career education at home. Thank you. Yes, I'll look at it that way while I'm trying to find another employee. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Which, just to tell our listeners a little bit about you, so you are a mom of four. Yes. Huh. R- wrangling all those four, and it, it's as you've already told us, there's some age difference there, so uh, definitely interesting. Yes. I have 16-year-old, or I'm sorry, 17-year-old, 12, 10, and 6, so we get it all. Yes. you. Gosh, you've got elementary, middle, and high school. Yep. <laughs> And then maybe we'll end up with all four levels, including college. Will that happen? We'll, we'll do college next year or in two years. And, um, yeah, college, middle, elementary, and elementary. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be interesting. It's interesting. I was Just like, a- oh, maybe I shouldn't have pointed that one out. <laughs> it's all good. It's all. It's fun. It's not like physically tired, it's just emotionally tired because we're talking about like college apps and like, you know, potty training and stuff like that. So, yeah. Well, I've shared before. So, um, Bridget, I had mentioned to you I had a podcast before this podcast, and the podcast's name was 25 Meets 40. And it was with my younger sister. Mm -hmm. As you can tell, I'm the, I was the 40 and she was the 25. Uh, so at one point my mom had a daughter teaching first grade, a daughter in college and a daughter in first grade. Wow. Yes. Wow. So those age different situations, I completely get, I, um, I love hearing about them because I, I do relate to it and the, the differences that happen. So that yeah. is pretty neat. It is neat. And it's interesting because I was 18 when I had my first. So it's like, I'm a, and I was, you know, I'm sure, I don't know if we'll mention this, but I'm sober now. So it's just a totally different parenting experience, which has been kind of uh, really cool because we don't always get second chances. And I feel like I'm getting this like amazing second chance, but it's cool. Yeah. And as I say on this podcast, we're ever evolving people. So, you know, being 18 and versus being 28 versus being 38 as a mom, you are completely different. There is no other way to do it. Yeah, that's true. And, you know, hopefully, you know, we get wiser. We try things differently. Um, and, and it is neat when we do get to do things for a second time to see if it works different. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So also, not only, I mean, not only being a, a mom of four, because that's enough there, you're also an RN, you're a podcaster, yeah. a coach, a motivational speaker. Um, 
What aren't you doing these days? <laughs> I still feel like there's a lot I'm not doing in my house. Um, yeah. yeah. You know, it's, it's, fun, it's fun to, it's fun to kind of have my, my toes dipped in like all those different areas. I love it. Love it. Love it. Well, it definitely sounds like you have some life experience that is bringing you to this point to share it with other people. So everything that you're seeing, you said you worked at a hospital as you're in your profession. So you're probably seeing a lot of different things there. Yes. Sounds like just the different journey that you have been on in your own life has brought you the experience and, and knowledge. Um, having four kids, I mean, come on. So you, ha- you have a lot of experience to share with us. I do. I do. I, I, I don't even know like where to start, but yes, it's been a, it's been a crazy, I, I don't want to say crazy. It's been a wild ride and I have like the coolest, like we all do the coolest classroom, right? Every time I wake up, it's just like, Oh, what am I going to learn today? Yes. And I, I love that perspective. Um, yeah. because we, we can learn from everything if we are open to it. Yes, Absolutely. So I, I love that perspective that something, maybe an affirmation, a morning affirmation is, um, you know, what do I get to learn today? Yeah. Yeah. Or one of my favorite questions I get to ask myself and clients all the time, especially when I'm having a like insane day, like this morning, is what what is trying to emerge here for me? And it's just an immediate shift of like, okay, I get it. I get it. I get it. And just you know, shift your mindset, shift your body, shift, shift everything. And just like you said, stay open to what, yeah, it, it really is. I know it's cliche, but it's all happening for us. It is. Yeah. Okay. So then because you mentioned this, I I need to ask the question because I get what you're saying about what is emerging. Mm -hmm. I seem to ask that type of question when I've already put a lot of heartache into it. Yeah. Do you have any suggestions on how to ask that question a little bit earlier? Mm. Well, a big part of my work is teaching people to embrace the heartache. So I will just start with that because in, in sobriety, so I'll just give you a quick background if that's Please. okay. Um, so I started, my business is called Think and Thrive. And it's like a playoff of drink and drive because when I first got sober, I learned immediately that it wasn't my drinking that was my problem. It was my thinking. So I I learned about mindset work and reframing our thoughts, which I'm sure you talk about on here. And it's been, it was amazing. I saw immediate shifts, but in certain situations, like you and I talked about kind of specifically in relationships, I was experiencing so much heartache. It didn't matter what I told myself, what positive affirmation or thought I would try. I couldn't move through it. And it wasn't until I learned about emotions and learning to really, really embrace that and move them through my body, which is a big part of my work today, that I'll be honest, the heartache that we were just talking about lasts forever. It is like cut in half. And then I'm I'm feeling better a lot quicker, but I don't ever bypass that part anymore. I say like, this is my moment. Like what's trying to emerge for me right now. It's really to embrace this anger or this sadness or this rage or this anxiety, like whatever it is. And I just be with that, if that makes sense. And then when I get to the other side of that, I actually get, it's, it's so, so to answer your question, I, I get the answer first is typically to be with whatever emotions coming up. And then after that, I ask the question again and I get a different answer (laughs) and it's, yeah. Which I, I wonder in your, your answer, it made me think maybe I am asking the question 
at the yep. right time. And I need to embrace that. Yeah. Because I'm at the point where I can see the answer. Mm. You can see the answer. You know, where if it was at an earlier time, maybe I, I wouldn't be able to see the answer. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I mean, I really, I really, really believe we're exactly where we're supposed to be in this journey. And the only problem is resisting where you're at. That's where people seem to get stuck in sadness and stuck in worry and stuck in anger. I mean, especially just you and me both being women, like we're cyclical beings. And it's funny, all of my clients at the end of our time together, they'll be like, I feel like what you taught me the most was just to accept where I am like on a monthly basis. And I'm like, yeah, because we fight it. We fight it. We resist it. And then we add more stories on top of wherever we're at. Like this heartache is I'm doing something wrong, right? Like I'm messing up the self growth or I'm, I'm, I must, I need to learn a different step. I need to find a different tool. And it's like, just pause and like be with where you're at. And then like you said, you'll see the answer. Yeah. No, that's, that's insightful. And I'm actually like in my head, I have an example from my professional life and it is, I have a student who just won't get out of his own way. And I'm trying to get him to understand that he has dug his feet in and he will be very successful once he picks up his feet. Yeah. So. I still, have, I still have time with this uh, student, so I, I look forward to continuing to work with them, and we'll get somewhere. We will. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I, I have so many questions about that, but I won't ask. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just yeah. like, yeah. So, um, so Bridget and I connected on Instagram. We do have some um, friends, uh, and in, uh, Yes, I Instagram friends alike. Uh, Bridget is a friend of one of our former guests, Jen Hurst, who um, talked about sobriety, and uh, in one of the episodes, and she phenomenal, phenomenal woman, and I totally appreciate everything that she puts out there. Um, so I'm not sure if that's how we connected. I don't know if we connected before that. For all I know, you might have introduced me to Jen. I'm not really sure. But I'm glad that we connected, and I'm glad that we've had a chance to continue to be connected. Recently, I went on your profile, and I saw these words, and this is what made me contact you. Mm. In your profile, you put empowering moms to break free of insecurities so they can have relationships and friendships they desire. And I was just like, oh, hold on a minute. Yes, I need to talk to her. Because there is this concept of moms being friends and having deeper friendships with other moms, um, other women, and it's hard. And you you labeled it those insecurities. Oh my gosh, it is the insecurities. Yeah. And I, I really I just thought I've got to talk to you. So that we can have an honest conversation because I know that there are moms everywhere thinking about this. Maybe they're courageous enough to talk to other women about it. But there's not enough of this just being out on the table and saying, hey, let's figure out this friendship thing. Let's figure out how to connect and get through our insecurities. 
Yes. Okay, I'm getting goosebumps as you're sharing how 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 and why you reached out about this topic. Because on the flip side, when you reached out about the topic, my immediate answer was there's no way I could talk about this. I'm walking through it currently in real time, um, which I'll share. It's been like, like I said, it's been the perfect classroom for me to really heal this wound. Um, but it's also something I coach women on all the time. So that is the first thing I will say is there's so much shame around this topic. There has been so much shame for me around why can't I have deep friendships? I, I clearly desire them. I, I hate surface conversations. I love going deep with people, but somehow I have found myself in a broken friendship after a broken friendship where I'm the common denominator. So it's been really hard to not think it's me. And the interesting thing is the more I talk about it. So when you asked me to get on here, I was like, I, I, I was going to say no, but then I was like, you know what? Every time I've talked to another woman, they have said to me, I am so glad you brought, especially when I've talked to my friends about it. I'm think, thinking I'm the only one in the whole world because I'm the common denominator in these two friendships. And I'm not every single, I, the way I like to say it, Meredith, is if you have a human heart, you are made for friendship and connection. And if you have a human brain, it's a struggle. It's a struggle for everyone. <laughs> it, it's interesting because, um, so I grew up in Michigan, but I moved to Pennsylvania for grad school. So I left friends behind and wanted to make friends and had difficulty. Uh, everyone seemed to already have their circle of friends. Or I, I'm going to generalize and... Pennsylvanians, if you like it or don't like it, that's okay. I feel like um, Pennsylvanians are very family-centered. So much of their friendships are within their family, and so they're not always looking to embrace other people. Mm -hmm. So getting friends was really difficult. And then everyone says when you get to a certain age and you're married, oh, don't worry, you'll become friends with your kids' friends' parents. Mm -hmm. And it's like, but I want friends before that. Yeah. But now I'm in that time of life and I'm trying to, to make those connections. And um, it's, I, I know there's memes out there about, you know, finding mommy friends is like dating again. How do you put yourself out there? Like, I like you. Do you like me? Uh -huh. Yes or no? Um, do, you know, do you want to go on a play date? Uh, it's really interesting and you leave yourself vulnerable to your momminess. Oh my gosh, yes. But like, why aren't we having more of these conversations? Because I guarantee you the person you ask on the play date is sitting there with the same thought and insecurity that you're describing. And that's the part that the more I lean into that part, I mean, and Brene Brown just says <laughs> this, right? Shame is the gatekeeper of vulnerability. So as long as there's shame there of like, they're not going to like me, I'm going to sound weird, or they are just more into their family. I lived in the Midwest for 10 years. And that was, it's funny that you, you talked about that because that was a big reason I wanted to move back East with my family. And I left the most amazing friendships that I never realized until I came here where I was like, yeah, they were family people, but those were actually the people I wanted to be friends with. Because they got the loyalty and, and all those amazing qualities that come with it. So I would even just challenge that story there 
um, that you brought up and not necessarily just for you, the people listening. I know that you guys are living in a town where you think people have their family, people have their friends, people have their cliques, but I can guarantee you it's the people that have the most friends that also have the most insecurities. Like truly every single woman, you, nobody is immune to this. And that's what I'm finding the more I'm connecting with people around the world. Like no one's immune to it. And the conversations like this that you are inviting me into is how you get the connections. Like saying, you know, I'll just give this verbiage just because I gave my client this verbiage one time where it was like, go, she, she said her kids were a little older and she thought it was easier to make friends when they were younger because you mm-hmm. can go on play. Right. So she was just at a soccer game and I said, go up. She's like, I don't know what to say. I go, say what you just said to me that I am like really struggling finding friends at this age. Do you find, do you find it hard to find friends at this age too? And just see what happens, see what happens. And she came back and said, Oh my God. I, the person was like, yes, I've been dying to meet someone at soccer practice. And now they're like friends and they have, they have similar, like it's, they live in a town. Yeah. But it's like what you're insecure about. Talk about it. That's how you get out of shame. Talk about it and talk about it with a female. Yeah. So, and it, and one thing that I, I didn't quite know about you, but I now I've got to ask. Yeah. So um, you were young when you had your yep. first. Yep. Because of the age difference, I know that you were older with your last. Yes. I am what is classified an older mom. Okay. Due to infertility issues, I um, I got pregnant and and. Thankfully, I, I was successful with IVF um, with my two children. And I felt like, okay, they're, the other moms are either going to look at me that I'm old and I'm out of touch, or they're going to look at me as they can, I don't know how to say this in a way that doesn't sound offensive. Yeah. Um, they're going to see me as a resource of something that they can get. Mm. like I'm this wise sage and they're just going to like soak up. So it's not going to be a reciprocal relationship. Mm -hmm. They're just going to leech on to me. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I, you know, went into the, like when I first got pregnant and we went to the birthing classes and I'm like, we're going to be the oldest ones there. And they're going to look at us like, oh, who are all these old people? Mm -hmm. We were the oldest ones there. (laughs) Um, thankfully, you know, I found out that the age difference in, in general, uh, wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. Um, but I, I have a little bit of those worries because my interests are slightly different. I've had more life experience. We're just in different places at times. And so it's like, how do I find people who get me for me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I have a few things to say on that. Um, first of all, I resonate so much with what you shared because I'm thinking of my labor class that I was in as a teenager and I felt the same insecurities, but on the opposite end. Yeah. Right. I'm the young one. So that's the first thing is that the insecurities are there for everyone, no matter what age, no matter what, you know, whether you're the young one or the wise sage one. (laughs) Um, but the second thing is I'll just define connection, how I define it in coaching connection is literally two things. It's witnessing someone else's experience and it's showing your experience because we think connection comes from the other person, right? So we think, 
oh, well, I'm going to feel really connected. Like I say this about my husband all the time. I don't feel connected to you as if he's supposed to do something to make me feel connected. But the truth is connection is those two things. Witnessing someone else's experience. So getting really curious about those young moms who want to talk to you. Get really curious. Stop with the assumptions and just get super curious. Like, what is it about my life experience that's interesting you? And then sharing yours. So sharing your experience as being someone that went through infertility or being on the, oh, I'm holding air quotes because I don't, I'm a postpartum nurse. So you are not an old mom, but (laughs) for being on the other side, right? But sharing your experience from there, you actually create the very connection you think doesn't exist. So again, connection is witnessing someone else's experience by getting really curious, like you had said earlier, and having an open mind and then sharing yours. That's how you get connection with your friends, with your kids, with your spouse. Like that's it because connection is a feeling and the feelings come from us. So, and then, so I'll just pause there because I barely pause when I'm talking, (laughs) but, but that's like the first just nutshell. And then the second thing I would really say, so I think if you can define connection in that way, it's going to really help you um, move through those insecurities and and get get past our stories that are actually blocking us from getting what we want. Um, so yeah, that's the first part. And if the second part comes back. No. So, okay. I, oh, not too long ago, dropped a episode about limiting beliefs. You just defined my limiting belief of they don't, they're not going to connect with me because, and we can fill Mm. in the blanks. Those are my limiting beliefs. I am already putting a limit to my ability to have relationships with other people based on the story I made up in my head. Right. Which we're going to go back to based on those insecurities that I have. Right. But, and here's the other thing. And, And so what women do once they learn their insecurity or their, their limiting belief is then they shame themselves for it. And the truth is you're just protecting the, the very thing that you need to connect to those women, right? So you're literally creating stories to protect your heart because Mm -hmm. what if they don't like you? What if they say no? What if they have opinions? What if they don't have time? And so we form these limiting beliefs for good reason. So I do just want to like plug that in that limiting beliefs. Yes. While they limit you, it's, we don't need to shame ourselves for it because it's, it, it's, and, and to, the way to break through it is to share it, to share it and go, A, not only is that limiting belief not true, but B, oh my gosh, like that's so silly. That's so silly that like, that's what I'm using to block me from getting what I really want. Yeah. It, it, it's interesting. And, I, and I'll share, um, since we're talking about this topic of having friendships with other moms, I have been in a situation uh, through the educational placement of my children where, no joke, I was blackballed. That there was a clique of moms and you get invited to hang out with them and then they talk about other moms and then people um, rescinded their RSVP to my son's birthday party because of me being blackballed and not being someone to be invited to the women's group. And oh my. I know. And on the surface, it's just like, are you serious? Like, how old are we and stuff like that? But I see that as a blessing 
Because if this is how you operate, mm-hmm. I don't want to be part of that crew. And mm-hmm. you're probably teaching your children similar behaviors. And I don't want my children to be part of that crew. Oh my gosh, yes. So yes. I, I, I want to also be empowered to say that obviously is not a good situation for me or my family. Yeah. And not to be hurt by it, but just to say, so long, goodbye. Yeah. But here's the truth, though. It does hurt. It's It still hurts. And that's the part that, like, I agree with everything you just said. There's a famous author called, um, what's her name? Lisa Turkist. Okay. And she wrote, writes this book called Uninvited. And it's, it's an amazing book. And she has this line in there that says, what I think is a rejection is probably, honestly, a protection. I don't, I may not know what it's about. And you just described that. Yeah. That is almost always what it is. But for me, and this is just my story, I have the friendships. I live in a cul-de-sac. So they're in my front yard. And I would love to just tell myself, they're just not the friends for me. They're just not the people. But like my heart breaks and that wound gets triggered every time I go up front, right? And one thing I've learned is that that's just being a human. Like we are, and this is this goes back to like cavemen time, right? Like if we weren't part of the tribe, we die. So I just Ooh. want you to know, you know that the people that are, there are a lot of people that reject me that I don't care about because I can easily say those are terrible people. I don't want to be a part of them. But then there's times where I get rejected and I've got to admit, that doesn't work for me. Like even when I tell myself, oh, there's, it's probably for a good reason. I still get really sad. And that's the part where I have been starting to really lean into teaching women to just be sad about it. And like, it's okay. And to also under, yeah, I mean, I have so much to say. I'm not saying I disagree with what you're saying, but I'm, I'm saying I've experienced it both ways. Like I've definitely experienced it where I've tried to move into the whole, well, I, then this is for a good reason. And I, I put on my happy face and, you know, yeah, I, maybe that's just like the highly sensitive in me, but like it, it's taken more work to move through those situations for me. I don't know if you've experienced that. Yeah. I, I mean, I want to say, you know, you know I, going back to something that you said earlier, honoring those yeah. feelings that you have, you, yeah. you, you're right. You need to deal and honor with the feelings that you have in order to move forward. So if that situation does hurt you, yeah. honor that, feel that. Um, it's just, you know, make sure that it doesn't cripple you or hold oh. you back from going uh, going into other relationships or allowing yourself to be vulnerable to make those relationships in another place. Oh my gosh, yes. And and I will just, if it's okay, share what you described, like, good for you. We, I would not want to be friends with those women if my hands were tied behind my back, right? Like, that just sounds yeah. awful. But I will also say, have you ever had situations... Because like I said, I live in a cul-de-sac. There's a lot of situations where I get left out or I, I feel like they don't like me or they've been mean or they've been. And the truth is, is that's me making that up. And what has solved that problem for me has really been to just, so just to ask. Like so often we sit with our thoughts and we assume and it may, and it creates more sadness and more frustration. And then we're withdrawing, which is the opposite of what we want. So my biggest lesson, what has been trying to emerge for me, I think in all of this has been really communicating, like communicating, Hey, you know, like I'll just share something I've really learned about me is I, I mean, you see me, I'm very energetic. I'm also very hyper vigilant. Like I, I just, 
my nervous system is always looking for danger. And so that comes out in friendships. So it's been really helpful for me to communicate that to a few really close friends so that I can say, so if if anyone's listening and can relate to me, you're not alone and you're not crazy and you're not dramatic, but you need to know that about yourself so that you can find those friends that maybe rescinded an invite or didn't return a text. And you can just ask for clarification. Like, hey, I don't want to assume the worst here. I just can, do you mind just clarifying? Like, is there a reason I wasn't invited? And I've actually found nine times out of 10, it's usually a mistake. Occasionally I get the whole, yeah, we're just not meant to be friends. But nine times out of 10, it was a mistake. And then I'm invited and it's it's amazing. And I, I just want to really encourage more people to speak up because I think that's a big part of this problem of isolation and feeling left out is like, you know, we're all thinking about our own needs. We just are. We're supposed to. That's how we stay alive. And sometimes we don't necessarily think of every single other person around us, and that's not intentional. So one thing that I have done, and my husband at times sees things a little differently with friendships, I uh, very much am, we're here in the central Pennsylvania area without family. So To make our village, we have to bring in friends. We have to bring in other families to create our village. And I want that for my kids. I want them to remember the backyard cookouts with their friends and their friends' parents. I want want them to remember the trips to the park with people. So I schedule that. I am essentially like the party planner to make things happen Because I want them to happen. I'm not waiting for my friends to decide, hey, let's do a backyard cookout. Um, So I'm always the one doing it. Yes, do I wish that someone else would say, hey, let's let's come over to my house or let's do this. I I do, but I also, I know what I want and I'm going to make it happen. My husband at times thinks that, sorry, I have to laugh, thinks that that's, um, I don't know what the right word is, like somewhat pushy, um, that I don't necessarily know the genuine feelings of the other person because I don't allow them to take the lead at times. Um, and then the whole thing, like, what about them showing you that they, they care enough to invite you? And I'm like, I'm just not going to get wrapped up into that. Oh, my gosh. you Your husband sounds like me. <laughs> your husband. I'm the one that likes to play those games. Like, I'm like, I'm going to not invite, not talk to this person for like a month and see if they respond back. Right? Or that was like the old me. Sometimes I still do that. And I'll tell you, I'm always the one that loses in those games. Yeah. I'm always the one that loses. Because I actually – I. I actually would challenge your husband because I challenge myself on this a lot. What does it mean if I don't get an invite? What does that mean? Because the God's honest truth from the times that I've asked, it means they forgot to invite me. It doesn't mean I'm not liked. It doesn't mean I'm not accepted. And half the time I don't get an invite. It's because they're not, they're not an initiator. I, uh, being an initiator is a gift. It's a gift. And it takes a lot of courage because people can say no. I don't like when people tell me no. So it makes it hard for me to be an initiator, but we need initiators. I need initiators in my life. I need those friends that are initiators. So I understand where your husband's coming from totally, but I, I just, I, 
disagree with that. Keep being the initiator. And here's the other exercise I would just give like your listeners. Whenever I have a client come to me, say like, like that, like, well, if I don't invite, they're never going to invite me. I have them write their 10 qualities of the best friend that they would ever have. Right. So like one of my top qualities is that they initiate and pursue me. So that means every single quality on that paper means that that's the friend I have to show up as. And I'll tell you, a lot of those qualities I have to work on, like initiating. But that has been the number one game changer. (laughs) Should we drop the mic? Yes. Oh, my gosh. So, like, I I love... I love how you just put this because, of course, we we brought this into the idea of dating mm-hmm. when, you know, in, when we started to talk about this topic, that it's dating moms. And you talked about being the pursuer, which very much falls into that dating realm. But that is awesome to think about, like, who would I want as my friend? And then I need to be that. I need to have yeah. those qualities. And I want to just, oh, sorry. I'm like interrupting. I just love that. I'm so excited because on an energetic level, you become the vibrational match for those friends. Right. So when we're sitting back waiting to be invited and we're sad and we're, it's like these friends don't come and then it just reiterates the story. And that, that has been such a game changer. It's hard to do, but that's it. That's your roadmap to how to get the friends you want. Name the qualities and then be that. Okay, so I just have to let our listeners know something. Okay. So um, Bridget shared with me prior to recording that due to some of the studies that she has, she has not listened to my podcast. She might have caught one podcast episode early on but has not been listening. But Bridget, I have to tell you, you have woven in – so many pieces of this podcast and the premise about it you and you don't even know which is giving uh, me goosebumps because yeah. you are like a soulmate guest <laughs> uh, you just talked about vibrations and you don't know that I talk about that and <laughs> I'm just I love it you brought up Brene Brown I'm just like I'm so glad that we are having this conversation oh. I'm like <laughs> sure about the vibrational piece because I know that I'm like I can be kind of out there but it's true it's just true so I call it hippy dippy trippy love it I love the hippy dippy trippy and the woo woo I'm all here for it so we so my listeners know that the hippy dippy trippy and the and the the vibrations but we've talked about vibrations and I love that this is just another way to show how vibrations play out in our life And vibrating with another person. And if we come in in a low vibration, we're coming in in a low vibration and that's going to affect the other person. And we want to match. So we don't want to take from their vibrations because then it's a one-sided relationship. Um, We also don't want them to come in with a low vibration because then it's a one-sided relationship. So I, I love that you brought that up uh, because those are things that we should be mindful of when we want to make that connection with people. How do we go deeper with someone is meet with that vibration, with that interest. You use the word curiosity so that we get to know them and invest in them to invest in our relationship. Yes, 
Yes. No, yes, yes, yes. And actually just to bring all the like hippy dippy trippy back to like the real world, I'll give you an example in my life okay. about vibrational match. So when I got sober, I had a ton of emotions, right? And I tried the whole mindset and mindset was very helpful to a point, but I still had all these emotions. And a lot of these emotions were like leftover from high school and childhood resurfacing because I lived in a cul-de-sac of women, right? So it was like, thank you universe for bringing me my classroom. <laughs> there it is. Cause I couldn't run away from it physically and I couldn't drink my way out of it. So I, I had to figure this out. Right. So I was super, super sensitive about it. And so with these women, when I, when I would see them walk and I wasn't invited or I would see them outside and I didn't get that text instead of just going out there, right. And just being invited. Cause they would have been glad to have me out there. What I did was I withdrew and I got, I, I didn't want to like, I knew it was a me problem. So I didn't like text them and tell them they needed to invite me, but I would withdraw and I wouldn't show up and they would, I would, yeah, I wouldn't show up. That would be the best way I could say it. So I was very low vibration internally. I was spinning out in stories of why they don't like me. And what I now learn is what they got from me. I didn't know this, but it was like a shame response for me where I like couldn't look them in the eyes if I saw them because I now thought they didn't like me and I was not being invited. What I hear from them is it, it looked like I didn't like them. And they got this, they, they just got to this point where they didn't, they didn't know what to do with me and I wasn't speaking to them and I wouldn't look them in the eyes. So like the way they would say it was, it looked really, um, not nice. I I looked not nice to them. And meanwhile, inside my heart's breaking. Right. And instead of just communicating that and getting the clarity, I was then attracting distance because I was withdrawing. So that's the, what we were just talking about. The more I withdrew, the more they withdrew. And then I ended up with broken friendships. And while that's been so painful for me to walk through more than once, I needed to walk through that for me to now learn what I just shared with you guys. That it was like, had I just gone out there, gone out there and it showed up and been the initial, been the friend that I wanted them to be to me, because I wanted them to come see what was wrong, right? Had I just like gone up to them and said, what's going on? Why aren't I, whatever, whatever it is. Um, I would probably still have those friendships and maybe I will, like my heart is totally open to it, but, but it has been tremendously hard and I'm so grateful for it. So grateful for it. Cause now I know how to show up in friendships now and relationships and my marriage. Like now I know how to show up and ask for what I need instead of shutting down and closing my heart off, which is what I did for years. Yes. That is like truth bomb. Um, that, you know, there's so much in there that is awesome. But I I think just to kind of take away from that is to communicate and allow yourself to be vulnerable, to have those conversations. And most likely what you're thinking in your head is worse than whatever they're going to tell you. Mm. It is. It always is. People are generally really good. And I know that in the world we live in today, that's a really, that sounds like a limiting belief, (laughs) a lie, but it's actually true. Like every single human being is going through what you're going through in some way. And that's how you connect. Not by, not by going out only when you're happy and, you know, whatever, going out with your mask and whatever. I mean, it's, it's honestly in the mess. And and the women that I have felt more comfortable opening up to in my mess and my sadness have become my best friends. So it's been 
kind of wild how that's worked out. Yeah. And I guess I feel like I I want to give a little bit of support to the woman who is he- on the receiving end, like hearing, mm-hmm. hey, I'd like to be friends with you. You know, here's either the baggage that I have or here's what I was thinking in our relationship. What are some, you know, strategies on hearing some of that? Mm. You know, not getting defensive right away, not doing the blame game, um, but hearing it and working through it while that person is essentially in front of you. Okay, so I'll give you another real life example. Okay. (laughs) I was challenged by a life coach of mine to go and have a clearing conversation with these women that I'm talking about. What a clearing conversation is, is basically just listening. Listening to them give me feedback. That's how I learned that they thought I was being not nice. Listening to them giving their experience. So it's role reversal of what you just asked, but I was in the position where I was receiving the feedback. And I was getting to hear their perception of me, even though it was wrong. And I'll tell you what I did is what 90% of the world doesn't know how to do. But it it really helped. And it's is it's in the body. Like I have to learn, okay, what they're telling me right now is about them. It's about their experience. It's about their baggage that, Oh, when I withdrew, they thought it was about them. And they didn't, they didn't know it was because I'm newly sober and they didn't know all of that. So they're telling me right now when people withdraw, I think they're mad at me. And when people are mad at me, I can't handle that. And that's really hard for me. Right. And so they're telling me about their experience. So I'm actually connecting with them. Even though they're not saying nice things about me, I'm actually connecting with them. And so I would, my, what I was challenged to do was just to sit there and say, tell me more. And it was so hard, Meredith, to listen to that. So I hope I'm answering your question because yeah. it's the only experience I can have. But it, it's really learning how to get in the body. So some tools you would do when someone's telling you about it is I actually bring awareness to like my body. So what's going on inside? Um, can I you know, is, is, is my heart starting to race? Can I breathe? Can I soften my, like roll down my shoulders? And, and one thing is I'll always tell my clients to stick your, when you're going to have a hard conversation, stick your chest out because it literally opens your heart, literally opens your heart and understand that whatever that person is saying to you now, if they're saying it with mean words or in a loud tone, and that's a boundary of yours, like you have that right to say, Listen, I understand. I see that you're really mad and I want to talk to you about this, but I, you know, need to step away. But when someone's just giving you feedback, which I've had to learn a lot in my new coaching program, how to take feedback. And it's it's all in the body. It's learning what happens when someone gives me feedback. Okay, I want to do this, right? I want to curl my shoulders down. I kind of want to hide. I get like my face gets really red. I get really shaky. And so I've had, I learned in this conversation to just do that, change my posture and breathe. Bring, I, another trick for me is I brought a lot of awareness to where like my bottom was hitting the chair. I brought a lot of awareness to a contact point and it helped me stay literally grounded. So I didn't actually feel as triggered as I normally do. Um, so that's one tool, they, but it's all body. And then you just respond with, tell me more. Like, so, and then, and then another tool I'll just leave your clients with. If they're saying something and you you so badly want to go, but that wasn't my intention, I would ask yeah. questions with the words what, when, where, and how. So you do not use the word why, because if you go, well, why did you think that? The person's going to get on the defense. But if you go, when exactly, if they say, when you, when you never return my text, I get my feelings hurt. 
And so you would say, when exactly did I not return your text? And get them to get really specific because first of all, it's like you're coaching them because more than more than likely they are doing what we just talked about. We do. They are ge- overgeneralizing things and their brain made up a lot of stories about you. So get really curious to them and maybe they'll say, oh yeah, you didn't really do anything. So I'm kind of like going all over the place about different people having the conversation, but that'd be the two things. Tune into your body, try to regulate your body as someone's giving you feedback defending, telling them your intention, it's not helpful. It's not useful. I promise there will be a time and a place for you to say your piece. But in the moment, the most helpful thing you can do is, like I said, back to my definition of connection, just witness their experience, witness their experience and know that it's about them. It's about their experience. And it's not a personal attack on you as a person. Yeah. And then ask questions. Yeah. No, I, I appreciate It's funny. You were going through the body stuff and I started I sitting up. So thank you. Yeah. No, I, I love the strategies. I love the, the tips to use when you're in one of those conversations, either on the giving or receiving. Um, I think it, it's great when someone is telling you something to, to take it in. Don't automatically jump or in your brain Start thinking of the comeback. Stop. Ground yourself. Be present. And maybe, you know, like the the response is, I appreciate you sharing all of this with me. I'd like some time to process what you're saying. And can we get back together to kind of talk about this? I just kind of want to get my thoughts together. But I appreciate talking. When can we talk next? I love that. Um, another line you can say, if you don't want to take ownership for their experience, right? Like if they're saying you did something that you really didn't do, you can say, I am so sorry that that's your experience. And that's it. It allows you to witness them and then say what you said. And I would really like to complete this conversation, you know, when we're both kind of calm, but allowing them the ownership of their experience, because ultimately that's the problem in it's a different language. Like we're talking about a different language right now. We're talking about owning your own experience and your feelings and be able being able to communicate that just so someone can see your experience, not so they can fix it. Like that's the, that's the language everybody needs to shift. That's how you get connection. When you say, Oh my gosh, when I wasn't invited to that party, yeah, I got my feeling. I got, I felt so sad because I have this need to be included and yeah, that was just really interesting that that happened to me. That's it. And then the other person has no reason to defend anything, right? Sharing your experience. Yeah. I appreciate everything that you are bringing. This has been an amazing conversation. I know that we had an outline. We kind of jumped around. We got into some other areas, but this really has been amazing for me personally. And um, that is like that's my benchmark. Like if this is a conversation that I need to have, that I want to have, the topic that excites me, this is what's going on the podcast uh, because it's real. It's not manufactured. Um, it's authentic. And, you know, change change is, is already happening just between you and I in this conversation. So I appreciate you being so open, honest with me and with my listeners. I appreciate you bringing this topic to the forefront because it needs to be talked about more. Yeah. So we're going to go ahead and wrap this up. 
Um, but I, I am going to be doing some show notes on this. I'm going to be doing some posts because some of what you brought up, I just it needs to be highlighted. So I will be doing all of that. So listeners, be looking on my Facebook page and Instagram for additional notes from this podcast episode. And if you have any questions for Bridget, if you have situations that you are currently dealing with or that you've dealt with and you want some, I don't want to necessarily call it advice, but let's call it guidance on the situation or just to share, let us know. Obviously, as you know, um, Bridget and I are connected on Instagram, so that would be a good place to put that. But Bridget, will you also let my listeners know where they can get in touch with you? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for asking. Um, I do mostly live on Instagram at Bridget Coville. Um, I'm, will you put it in the notes yes. or do you want me? To, okay. Um, Cause my name can be spelled, spelled a million ways. So at Bridget Coville and I have a bunch of free guides on there. There's one specifically that has tools. It's first, it's called five ways to stress less, but you can actually use those tools to do the grounding that we were just talking about. So that'd be a great guide to get, um, grab. That's totally free. And then you have access to my podcast on there. It's called Wake Up and Thrive. And then I think my website is on there as well. So you can get on my website and contact me on Instagram or through email, um, whatever is easier for you. And yeah, I'm I'm always happy to support women around this because like I said, I'm walking through it currently in real time and there are tools to help. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. Thank you for so much for sitting down with me today. Uh, I hope the kids uh, did well during this time. And when you get off, you notice that everyone is alive and breathing and still has the same hair color as when you saw them last. Amen. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, was- it's been a pleasure. So thank you. Thank you for listening to Finding Myself. If you like what you heard, please leave a review. If you have a question or a suggestion, feel free to email me at findingmyselfpodcast at gmail.com. I also invite you to be part of our Finding Myself community on Facebook. There you will have access to more resources, more suggestions, more information, and the opportunity to be part of discussions. Please meet us back here next time.